The unique and refreshing conduct of operations and training was solely due the SOAF commander, CSOAF, Air Marshal, later Sir Eric Bennett. His command was total and all-embracing. He had his finger on the pulse of SOAF and trusted his subordinates in their cockpits. His approach to accidents, of which there were remarkably few, was realistic and philosophical. Accidents did not deter him from operating to the limits, which we did all the time. On the contrary, he insisted on more practice to those limits if accidents showed the need. It was good stuff, and everybody enjoyed life to the limits too. However, as you heard earlier, unwanted incidents did happen. New Year's Eve 1985-1986 brought them in spades. The first involved an RAF loan service pilot who managed to display his lack of flying skills and discipline. Prior to a range detail, he briefed the RSO, Take my camera to the range, and I'll do some steely flybys so you can get some good pics of me. All right, thanks a lot. An hour later, I'm sitting in the station commander's office as deputy, doing some admin before flying a sortie myself. I get a call from the tower. Wildcat 86 is returning from the range with airframe damage. Roger, what's the damage? He wouldn't say, but he's doing a straight-in approach. Probably picked up a ricochet, I think. I dash down to the Range Rover and spot him on approach as I head down the taxiway. That's interesting. The jet looks a bit asymmetric. One wing looks shorter than the other. Indeed, it was. Moreover, the shortened wing had bits of angle iron wrapped around the leading edge with gravel dropping from the jagged wingtip. The man had managed to scrape a wing along the ground on the little jebel, atop of which was the RSO's hut, no doubt whilst smiling for the camera. Not content with that, he had brought back ten feet or so of the handrail that was alongside the steps leading up to the hut. A comprehensive job. I get on the phone to CSOAF. Uh, morning, sir. We've had an unfortunate incident on the range. Oh, not a good New Year's Eve, is it? No, sir. Okay, I'll send Wing Commander Rod Harrison, OC 20 Squadron, down from Mazira to run a unit inquiry. Okay, sir. Happy New Year. And to you. Click. Two hours later, I'm in my jet with Paddy Mullen as my number two on the same range, but with a different RSO, the original having gone home to recover his composure. We dropped some bombs, fired the guns, and I pulled up from the last strafe pass. Switch is safe. Paddy responds. Switch is safe. Uh, lead? I felt a bit of a thump on my last pass. Slowing down for an inspection. Roger, come left on to north so I can cut the corner. No response. Paddy, come left. No response. I'm now closing at about 1,000 yards in his eight o'clock. We are level at about 1,000 feet over the range. All of a sudden, Paddy's jet does a rapid, hard turn away from me and continues in a spectacular spiral into the ground. There is a huge explosion and lots of bits and smoke. Holy shit! Where's Paddy? Russ Peart, the RSO, says something like, Paddy's crashed! Oh, no, he's okay. He's in his chute. I'll try to pick him up in the car. After a few frantic seconds trying to spot him, there's the little Irishman dangling on his chute, descending nicely to the desert. His ejection had been blanked off to me by his airframe. I call a mayday to Thumbrake Tower. 
Russ then gets his car stuck in the sand, trying to reach Paddy, who is by now standing on a rock and waving at me with only one shoe on as I circle. Desert boots come off when you eject. He's okay, though. So, thirty minutes later, I'm on the blower to CSOAF again. Er, sir, you're not going to believe this, but Paddy Mullen has just... uh, Definitely not a good New Year's Eve, is it? No, sir. I think I'll upgrade the unit inquiry to a board. I'll send Group Captain Porky Munro down to you. He can do both. Yes, sir. Okay, and, um, Happy New Year. Yes. Click.